Chapter Three of Monsieur Bouquet. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Monsieur Bouquet by Booth Tarkington. Chapter Three. Twas well agreed by the fashion of Bath that Monsieur le Duc de Charorien was a person of sensibility and haut ton, that his retinue and equipage surpassed in elegance, that his person was exquisite, his manner engaging. In the company of gentlemen his ease was slightly tinged with graciousness, his single equal in Bath being his grace of Winterset, but it was remarked that when he bowed over a lady's hand his air bespoke only a gay and tender reverence. He was the idol of the dowagers within a week after his appearance. Matrons warmed to him, young belles looked sweetly on him, while the gentlemen were one to admiration or envy. He was of prodigious wealth, Old Mr. Bixit, who dared not for his fame's sake fail to have seen all things, had visited Chateaurien under the present duke's father, and descanted to the curious upon its grandeurs. The young noble had one fault. He was so poor a gambler. He cared nothing for the hazards of a die or the turn of a card. Gaily admitting that he had been born with no spirit of adventure in him, he was sure, he declared, that he failed of much happiness by his lack of taste in such matters but he was not long wanting the occasion to prove his taste in the matter of handling a weapon. A certain lead captain, Rohrer by name, notorious amongst other things for bearing a dexterous and bloodthirsty blade, came to Bath post-haste one night, and jostled heartily against him in the pump-room on the following morning. Monsieur de Chateaurien bowed, and turned aside without offence, continuing a conversation with some gentleman nearby. Captain Rohrer jostled against him a second time. Monsieur de Chateaurien looked him in the eye and apologized pleasantly for being so much in the way. Thereupon Rohrer procured an introduction to him and made some observations derogatory to the valor and virtue of the French. There was current a curious piece of gossip of the French court. A prince of the royal blood, grandson of the late regent and second in the line of succession to the throne of France, had rebelled against the authority of Louis XV, who had commanded him to marry the princess Henriette, cousin to both of them. The princess was reported to be openly devoted to the cousin who refused to accept her hand at the bidding of the king, and, as rumour ran, the prince's caprice elected in preference the discipline of Vincennes, to which retirement the furious king had consigned him. The story was the staple gossip of all polite Europe, and Captain Rohrer, having in his mind a purpose to make use of it in leading up to a statement that should be general to the damage of all French women and which a Frenchman might not pass over as he might a jog of the elbow, repeated it with garbled truths to make a scandal of a story which bore none on a plain relation. He did not reach his deduction. Monsieur de Chateaurien, breaking into his narrative, addressed him very quietly. Monsieur, he said, none but swine denies the nobleness of that good and gentle lady, Mademoiselle la Princesse de Bourbon-Conti. Every Frenchman know that her cousin is a bad rebel and ingrate, who had only honor and respect for her, but was so willful he could not let even the king say, You shall marry here, you shall marry there. My friends, the young man turned to the others, may I ask you to close round in a circle for one moment? It is clearly shown that the Duke of Orleans is a scurvy fellow, but not... He wheeled about and touched Captain Rohrer on the brow with the back of his gloved hand, 
but not so scurvy as thou, thou swine of the gutter. Two hours later, with perfect ease, he ran Captain Rohrer through to his left shoulder, after which he sent a basket of red roses to the Duke of Winterset. In a few days he had another captain to fight. This was a ruffling buck who had the astounding indiscretion to proclaim Monsieur de Chateaurien an impostor. There was no Chateaurien, he swore. The Frenchman laughed in his face, and at twilight of the same day pinked him carefully through the right shoulder. It was not that he could not put aside the insult to himself, he declared to Mr. Moulineux, his second, and the few witnesses, as he handed his wet sword to his lackey, one of his station could not be insulted by a doubt of that station, but he fought in the quarrel of his friend Winterset. This rascal had asserted that Monsieur le Duc had introduced an impostor. Could he overlook the insult to a friend, one to whom he owed his kind reception in Bath? Then, bending over his fallen adversary, he whispered, Naughty man, tell your master, find some better quarrel for the necks he sent against me. The conduct of Monsieur de Chateaurien was pronounced admirable. There was no surprise when the young foreigner fell naturally into the long train of followers of the beautiful Lady Mary Carlyle, nor was there great astonishment that he should obtain marked favour in her eyes, shown so plainly that my Lord Townbrake, Sir Hugh Guilford, and the rich Squire Bantison, all of whom had followed her through three seasons, swore with rage, and his grace of Winterset stalked from her aunt's house with black brows. Muting the duke there on the evening after his second encounter, de Chateaurien smiled upon him brilliantly. It was badly done, oh, so badly, he whispered. Can you afford to have me strip of my mask by any but yourself? You, who introduce me? They will say there is some bad scandal, that I could force you to be my godfather. <laughs> You must get the courage yourself. I told you a rose had a short life, was the answer. Oh, those roses. Tis the very greatest reason to gather each day a fresh one. He took a red bud from his breast for an instant and touched it to his lips. Monsieur de Chateaurien, it was Lady Mary's voice. She stood at the table where a vacant place had been left beside her. Monsieur de Chateaurien, we have been waiting very long for you. The Duke saw the look she did not know she gave the Frenchman, and he lost countenance for a moment. The approach a climax, eh, monsieur? said Monsieur de Chateaurien. End of chapter three.